Hello, welcome to another episode of our Be Bullish podcast. I'm Alex Ely, CIO of the U.S. Growth Equity Team. Thank you for listening in. As usual, I'll review the main news of the day, um, what we're talking about, what we're seeing out there. And then we're going to take a, a different tact on this program where we introduce a couple other people to talk about one of the themes uh, that we're seeing out there that you can invest in. Okay, first off on the biggest news over the last couple of weeks, first off, we saw Fed Chairman Powell slightly shift his outlook in respect to inflation. He's always been talking about it being transitory, meaning much of the inflation that we're seeing today will be gone in a year or two years as the supply chain levels out. He took away that transitory language when he testified in front of Congress this week. And as a result, people are a little bit more concerned when it comes to inflation. In fact, he also talked about tapering the quantitative easing that we're doing quicker than he was expecting to do before. So this is a shift. In essence, the Fed has been buying up bonds across the board, mortgage bonds, high yield bonds, investment grade bonds, muni debt. Um, as an example, they, they buy 54% of the government debt that we currently issue almost every day. So they've been big players in the, in the bond markets. The fact that they're tapering that back means that they're being more hawkish, that they're taking some of the free money away, and that'll make people concerned. Um, whenever the Fed isn't work, working with you, that brings concern, that brings a lack of visibility, and we've seen some correction activity as a result. The other part, of course, is Omicron, the new variant of, of COVID that's come to our shores now. What does it mean? Uh, you know, how does this affect the pandemic? Uh, I, for one, have been hopeful that the pandemic had been winding down. But as we see new variants, this puts questions into that. How long will we be living with the pandemic? Will it go on forever or will it peter out next year? We really don't know. There's, a, there's really just billions of people that are still not vaccinated around the world. And that creates the opportunity for new variants to come along. And then the question, of course, is, how deadly are they? Do our vaccinations work against them? Uh, questions, again, create a lack of visibility. And when you have a lack of visibility, equity prices typically correct, which is the kind of activity that we've seen over the last couple of weeks as people get nervous about the future because they don't know what, what to expect. Overall, we expect both of these things to, to eventually not matter much to the major disruptions of the day. The major disruptions move on because of the efficiencies they provide and because of the productivity gains uh, that, that they offer. Okay, so we're starting our second segment today. We're gonna talk about the fact that the pandemic has changed our lifestyles forever. That even as the pandemic goes away, that some things aren't gonna change. Hybrid working is here to stay. That means less, less commute time. That means more free time, more time at home. Uh, you know, changing the way we do certain things. So I'm wel welcoming on two of the people that have been helping me with this podcast all along, Erica Kay, who's the producer of this podcast, and Jane Fisher, um, Director of Research for the U.S. Growth Equity Team. Welcome. Welcome to the Be Bullish podcast. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having us. It's nice to Thank you, be, Alex. be out from behind the scenes, right, Jane? Exactly. I'm flattered. <laughs> we, we finally let them out. Um, well, thank you for coming on. Um, again, we're just talking about lifestyle changes. In particular, we're going to talk about life at home. Erica, how has your life, life changed now that you're spending more time at home, I assume, uh, within the pandemic? 
Yeah. And, and my home situation has changed drastically since, since the start of the pandemic. Um, you know, if we go back to March of 2020, um, I was at home in a city row house with uh, a six month old and a barely trained potty trained three-year-old. Um, so the house was chaos with, uh, add a small dog in there and two adults trying to uh, complete full-time jobs. Um, now, you know, we, we find ourselves, you know, later, uh, that, that six month old is almost, you know, she's almost two and a half and I am in the suburbs and I'm in an office. And, um, instead of kind of dealing with the, the chaos of, you know, cleaning up after potentially four other different people, um, I can sit outside and if I want, I can sit in my office. If I want, I can go for a walk and talk over a meeting if, if I want. And, um, I think what I've noticed is the, um, the difference in, in my perspective, my actual perspective, let alone my, my mental state. Um, I'm, I'm finding more opportunities in my suburban life than I thought I was going to have. So, you know, kind of put the pandemic aside, um, it's been a really nice transition for me. Um, today, I'm actually sitting in my husband's office for, for a change, and I realize why every so often I hear a chainsaw buzzing in the middle of my workday. And that's because we have a lot of trees around us, which are completely wonderful, but he's decided on many of his lunch breaks to go and take down one or two of them. And I like would make fun of him for this, but now I understand the urge. There's a couple real eyesores out here that, that have bothered me. And, and I don't think I'm alone in this. I, I think the more time you spend at home, the more things you have to notice. And especially now, not in a bustling city, I'm noticing all of these, these things about my new environment that could use improvement. And I've barely been here 18 months. Um, well, you better be careful with him having a chainsaw out there. There's a lot of different things that he can cut down and certainly pets and landscaping and, and are two areas that have shown terrific strength over the, you know, since the pandemic has started. Jane, did, did you have anything like that as well in respect to, to nesting at home? The majority of my nesting was really um, initially related to work. Um, you know, like many, the pandemic was, of course, a shock to the system. You know, for 30 years, I commuted from uh, Connecticut to New York almost three hours a day. I had my office in New York, and that's where I did my work. All of a sudden, March 2020 hits, and I'm home. I've never worked from home. I had no place to work from home. And then on top of that, my kids are home virtually learning. So it was interesting. Uh, we had Wi-Fi fights. We had a kid on, uh, you know, playing Xbox while I was on a conference call. I was literally on a folding table in a hallway. I soon realized I needed to do better and invest in an actual office with a desk and um, some decent lighting and a carpet for insulation. Um, I kind of share a, a space with my husband, so I also needed some sound barriers I learned quickly that uh, he's in sales and he's really loud. He types loud, he talks loud, he breathes loud. So uh, after some home modifications, I am in a much better place to work. Uh, but yeah, it certainly was an adjustment. Mercifully, my kids are now back in school learning. 
Um, but really, that was uh, most of what my focus was at home in terms of investing and making a better place to work. I've, now, as an investor, when I look at these things, just these comments, they, they seem sort of normal and they seem like no big deal, people making small changes. But Erica mentioned, mentioned pets. I'm not sure people know, but dogs, as an example, were sold out during the pandemic. People spending a lot more on their pets, um, treating them as more a part of the family. More and more, we're seeing pet food and refrigerators. We're seeing uh, insurance for pets and different things out there that people are investing on. So, so significant changes there. Um, landscape improvement off of you know the chainsaw. Um, a lot of people spending more money on sod and trees and gravel and other things to, to make their, their world look better. And interestingly, on Jane's comment, if you're wondering where the supply chain disruption is in respect um, to, to autos and what's happening, it's Jane's fault. Um, what's happened is, is when we went through the pandemic, a lot of automobile manufacturers decided um, that there may be a recession and to hold off on spending extra money or double ordering in respect to their chips. And semiconductor chips for automobile makers are relatively cheap. And also simultaneously, simultaneously at this time, people spend a lot more on headsets and computers and Wi-Fi and other types of connectivity. These chips carry higher margins for those chip manufacturers. So they refitted their factories and moved over to making these more expensive chips. Now that the auto companies realize that they have demand, they've gone back to those chip manufacturers, but they have two problems. Um, one is those chip manufacturers are already busy. And two, they're making more money selling the chips into computer peripherals and so forth. So um, a, a big change that's been afoot from that. Um, okay, that said, now, Jane, now that you do have more time and aren't, aren't uh, commuting three hours a week, um, what, what are you doing with your extra free time? What are you doing, um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, your lifestyle and so forth? Well, it was three hours a day. I wish it was three hours a week. Oh, but, sorry. Um, no problem. Um, I was really excited. I was like, oh, my God, this is a massive time dividend. I'm going to have all this free time. I'm going to, you know, redo my closets. I'm going to exercise more, what have you. I failed miserably. I, my work was too accessible. My desk and chair and computer were always there. I started working, you know, at seven in the morning and I, all of a sudden it would be seven o'clock at night and I hadn't moved from my chair. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I need to reset. So I really had to carve out time for health and wellness, quite frankly. In the city and with my commute, I was walking miles and miles and miles a day. So I would just consciously schedule time on my calendar to take a break. And whether it be take a walk, walk the dog, go get some exercise, go do some errands, um, it really had to be a conscious effort. Um, and also spending time with my kids. Um, the fact that I was now home and not commuting, I tried to make an effort to log off, you know, at a reasonable time and spend time with them after school if they needed homework help, if they wanted to do an activity outside. So again, it just, I did not handle it well at first, but I think today I'm in a much better position and I've really tried to take advantage of, you know, the lack of commute time and spending more time, not only for myself, but with my kids. Did, did your buying habits of clothes and things of that nature change? as a result of not being in the city? Um, yes, I don't remember the last time I bought uh, new high heels or a dress. I uh, definitely have worked my way down into more athleisure wear. 
and I'm sure a lot more casual footwear and, and so forth from that, that too. Um, Erica, how about yourself? Did, did you have new things that you were doing from a lifestyle perspective? Yeah, I, I I think I had almost the opposite experience of of Jane. While I did save in in commute time, it was um, it was almost this. Oh, I don't have to physically go anywhere anymore. So, what doors does that open up for me? And our household really took advantage of the at home fitness trend. Um, so whether it was a live stream of a class that I would typically have gone to over my lunch break in the city uh, that now had a Zoom offering, or it was one of the many uh, technology, you know, technology-driven pieces of equipment that are out there on the market today that you can have in your home, um, we took advantage of, of all of it. And it actually enabled my lifestyle a little bit better because I could get up and get my workout out of the way before anybody else in the house was awake. So I had the flexibility to put on a live stream class or something on demand at 5, 6 a.m. before everybody else's day started. And knowing that I had started my day with at least one sense of normalcy, I think helped me kept my head, you know, kept my head on straight a little bit. Um, but it's so interesting. We, um, we have a a small basement. And that's where, you know, we decided our home gym was going to be. And, you know, we can barely do overhead presses or, or anything down there because of the ceiling clearance. So it, 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 this whole change to our routines in terms of wellness also has fed into our nesting drive because now we're looking outside of our home and thinking, do we need, need to build like a workout shed or something? Like, can we just like put up walls? And, and now we're talking about all of these improvements to our, our physical space based on the way our exercise routines have changed and, and just thinking about how we never thought we would need room for certain things in our home. We never thought we would need a, a weight rack in our home um, or that we would even want one for that matter. Um, so it's really, it's, it's really been an interconnected experience as, as we've navigated the, the whole at-home routine. Well, I mean, as an investor, as I look at what both of you said and respect the different trends, and I have to tell you, if you look at the companies that are at the nexus of what they're talking about, there's been lots of winners and lots of companies that will continue to win as this hybrid working continues. Um, the, the realization is we're just not going back to normal. So whether it's casual footwear or casual clothes or athleisure, all of these companies have seen significant strength. Um, virtual, virtual experiences in many ways, uh, streaming media in many ways, lots of things. And, and just importance of exercise and outdoor time are, are very important. There's companies that, I mean, we mentioned landscaping before, but uh, people, companies that make patios or outdoor decking or, or other things like that or, or different home improvement products have really been in a great spot. And we just don't see these things ending. We think that in essence, the pandemic was a, a tipping point that pushed people more towards these types of things. Um, Erica, uh, that said, um, and now that we're coming into the holidays, are, are, are there different kinds of shopping that you're doing as well? Yeah, I mean, I just think this holiday season about my parents and, and what they must have gone through um, 
if if I needed to have the Barbie dream house, like were they who who was watching me when one of them went to go get in line at the toy store at midnight, the day that the shipment was supposed to arrive? Um, because those days are over. Um, and, and I think, you know, we know why, and, and it's the online e-commerce, uh, I don't even want to call it a trend. It is just a way of life now. Um, so holiday shopping for all family members, all ages, no matter where they live has just become so much easier for me. Um, I can do it at nine o'clock at night while I'm fooling around on my phone, while I'm doing five or six different things. Um, and it interestingly has, it's, it's taken over. I mean, it's, I, I, I don't go to schools or uh, I don't go to stores anymore to the point where my four-year-old daughter said to me the other day, she goes, mom, what's a mall. And for her to hey. say like, what's a mall. It, it never occurred to me uh, that, that in her four years of life, that's just not something she's really experienced. Right. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's become a new way of living for me. Um, and it's also been a really easy way for me to manage my holiday spending budget with everything being digital. I don't have to track receipts. I've got a copy of everything in front of me. It, the, the convenience factor plus the additional ability to, to organize has, has been a game changer. Well, I mean, uh, lots of things to come out of that uh, as well, but let's um, shift over to Jane as well and see how her shopping's changed. Um, and then I'll, I'll offer my thoughts on how you can look at this from an investment perspective. Sure. Similar to Erica, majority of my shopping is online. It's just more efficient and I am squeezed for time. I don't have time to run to store to store to store. And quite frankly, even when I do, when I want to see something live and in person and feel the quality, they don't have the inventory. So as much as I want to su support these stores, you go and they have extra large and extra small. They just don't have the sizing that you need. So I've really found that, you know, not only can you shop online and find the inventory, but you can price compare. So it's more efficient. Oftentimes it's less expensive. I also have a very large variety in the types of things that I'm looking for. My daughter's in a nursing program. She needs scrubs. I don't even know where to go to a store to find scrubs, but I know where to find them online. Um, my older son wants to have experiences. Great. New York Rangers tickets for Christmas. Done. Um, my younger son is into clothes. So again, I am looking online, comparing prices and trying to find the flannel hoodie that, you know, all juniors in high school must have. So again, most of my time and Erica on the same way at night off of, after I log off of work, that's my time to just sit online and, um, hopefully get most of my Christmas shopping done. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, both of those are great perspectives uh, and you're both younger than I am. So I'm sure you're using more e-commerce than I am. It, it Basically, the way younger people do things is, is what we look for when it comes to investing, because we know that they'll do more and more of it uh, going forward. And, and that's certainly the case in e-commerce. If you look at most e successful e-commerce sites, you find that their spending will double on that site. Uh, from the first year that they start using it to the fifth year that they start using it. So just 
uh, a terrific increase, almost to utility in terms of the way people are buying things um, and, and what they're looking for uh, when they're out there. And, and we all know there's just a variety of options. Value is also a trend that takes place there and, and value shopping has always been important to people. So just really, you know, a, a lot of interesting things that come out of that. Do, do either one of you have any other comments on thoughts that we that we mentioned? I mean, I think just talking about this with, with other people uh, just makes you realize that these very ordinary habits and these new routines that, that we have are significant drivers of economic behavior long-term. And I know that that seems like, oh, duh, isn't that kind of the point? But it, it never fails to, to hit me every single time we have these conversations to really think about how the micro changes in our routines have an effect on what's what's going on in the markets and um when you when you see it in action in the palm of your hand when you've contributed to it it i, I mean it's, it's still very amazing to me for me i think you know we all were caught in the oh we'll be home for two weeks and then life will go right back to normal and the reality is in many ways things are not going back to normal ever and of course, I can appreciate how many people have suffered during this pandemic, and it's horrible. Um, and I don't want to make light of that. But I also think for many people, there is a silver lining. And for me and others, you know, I've never spent as much time with my family and with my kids. And I think so much of that was consumed with my commute and other things that, um, Alex, you know, I, we love the water. We're big Fisher people. My last name is Fisher. So, um, we were able to spend more time on the water. We all caught our largest catch. My Christmas card this year is Mary Fishmas with a picture of all my kids and the fish that they caught this summer that again, wouldn't have happened, um, if we hadn't been home more and just taken a step back from, you know, the daily grind and spent more time together, more time outside, and, you know, just enjoying the time dividend, I think that this has granted us. Oh, that's, that's really great. I, I guess what I would remind our listeners that while this may seem old Pat already, um, that we're, we're only a year or so into this, where people have really changed their lifestyles and things are really taking hold. And there are many more people that are continuing to change their lifestyles. Hybrid working is, is something that I think is, is really here to stay. Um, and there are leaders of these disruptions that that people can invest in, that can take advantage of. I certainly know I look at them every single day. So uh, thank you, Erica. Thank you, Jane, for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Um, they'll be on uh, hopefully in the weeks to come as we talk about other different uh, parts of the market that people are, are interested in. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, I thank you again, and um, thank you for listening in. This recording is intended for financial professionals and institutional investors only. This is not intended for use with the general public. The views expressed in this podcast represent those of the speaker and are subject to change. Nothing presented should be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security or follow any investment technique or strategy and does not constitute advice, an advertisement, an invitation, a confirmation, an offer or a solicitation to engage in any investment activity or an offer of any banking or financial service. Throughout this presentation, various securities and companies are referenced. Examples given are for illustrative purposes only and were not chosen based on performance. This is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. 
All examples herein are for illustrative purposes only, and there can be no assurance that any particular investment objectives will be realized or any investment strategy seeking to achieve such objective will be successful. Past performance is not a reliable indication of future performance. Before acting on any information, you should consider the appropriateness of it with regard to your particular objectives, financial situation and needs, and seek advice. No representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made as to the accuracy or completeness of the information, opinions, and conclusions presented. In preparing this recording, Reliance has been placed without independent verification on the accuracy and the completeness of all information available from external sources. Macquarie Asset Management is the marketing name for the Asset Management Division of Macquarie Group. Investment products and advisory services are distributed and offered by and referred through affiliates, which include Delaware Distributors LP, a registered broker-dealer and member of the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, and Macquarie Investment Management Business Trust, a Securities and Exchange Commission registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services are provided by a series of Macquarie Investment Management Business Trusts. Other than Macquarie Bank Limited, none of the entities noted in this podcast are authorized deposit-taking institutions for the purposes of the Banking Act of 1959 from the Commonwealth of Australia. The obligations of these entities do not represent deposits or other liabilities of Macquarie Bank Limited. Macquarie Bank Limited does not guarantee or otherwise provide assurance in respect of the obligations of these entities unless noted otherwise.